Hi, welcome to Save Your Sorry, where we tell you about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Jose, with my co-host and best friend, Katrina Rochelle. Hi. If you looked at the title or the description of this episode, you already know who we're covering. But do you want to tell us as well, Katrina? Uh, Yeah, that's crazy. I like how you made yourself sound intelligent and was like, Katrina be telling... uh, you know, I, I didn't like that. First of all, this we're not going to keep this in, but I didn't like how you did that because, you know, every time you do a celebrity, I always ask you. I'm definitely leaving this in. I'm like, who you do, Jose? Even though they can read, that's not, that's not it's fair. A, it's a freaking title. <laughs> I'm going to stop so asking Who is it? Shit. Surprise, surprise. <sighs> okay. Anyway, if you can read, which if you can't, please don't feel bad. We're covering Ellen DeGeneres today. I am the generous queen. <laughs> You've That's been Nikki. waiting to unbuckle it. I, I know you have. Anything I've been thinking in, about that this whole time. Any way you can put a Nikki lyric in, you will. And I, I, I respect it sometimes. Okay, but yeah, we're doing comedian, actress, all-around entertainer, uh, Ellen DeGeneres today. Woo. Are you... are you a big fan (laughs) i'm not a huge 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 fan but i do like watching her show i don't really watch it anymore but i always go on youtube and watch the clips because it's hilarious really yeah I, i would say i definitely was a big fan and now i'm okay (laughs) it it has nothing to do honestly with the research I think it just you know I evolved in a weird way like I used to really like her uh, as a teenager young adult now I don't really watch her stuff as much but I like to watch her older stuff honestly but you know that's neither here nor there we'll get into the discussion all righty so today we are covering uh, a celebrity that I really consider myself to be like a fan of maybe not as hard of a or as maybe as big of a fan now but uh definitely when I was younger definitely probably uh maybe save a few years ago but uh it's Ellen DeGeneres I have watched and supported both her tv show her television talk show I've seen the movies like pretty much I was I was I would say I was an Ellen stan how about you besides the show did you watch anything else I mean I saw Finding Nemo and Finding Dory (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't really know any other movies oh really I, I i never you know what's so funny i never i still haven't seen finding dory no it was good it was sad it was, it was good okay it yeah. was good never will see it now um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i watched i would say one of my favorite things that she's ever done was her comedy special like here and now i think that's even though it's like an older special like early 2000s i think it's still one of the funniest ones to this day because it's like simple funny humor but it, it has some intelligence to it but it's still like viable like some some comedy uh it's just not funny anymore because it's so prehistoric but even when she's talking about obsolete and outdated things it still is funny because you know what it is i mean we're not that old i know what a a wired uh phone is and uh your window your window winder down what do you call those when you used to put your window down in the car um yeah what 
I need to look that up. But you know, the old timey cars where you used to roll your window down with the little uh-huh. the wheel. A lever. Yeah. Oh, damn it. A lever. Now it sounds stupid. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about <laughs> we won't talk about what we've heard. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres is loved all over the world, and she does have a famous, also known as alias moniker, which is the Queen of Dice. A generous queen. <laughs> uh, she was born January 26, 1958. She was born in a town called Materi, Louisiana. I hope I'm saying that correctly. She is an Aquarius, and her parents are Elizabeth Jane and Elliot Everett DeGeneres. But if you do know uh, more about Ellen, you know that her mother prefers or goes by Betty. Oh, I love the name Betty. Really? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. Ellen also has an older brother. His name is Vance. He is almost four years older than her. Just a little bit. I didn't go too much into her upbringing, but um, Ellen's parents were together for a little bit, and then they divorced when she was a teenager. Um, when they divorced, she went with her mother in Atlanta, Texas, And then from my understanding, her brother uh, stayed down with her father. And so she was primarily uh, raised with her, her, by her mother. Interesting. Now, if we're talking about future Ellen, of course, Ellen has empire, tons of different spinoff shows. She's had sitcoms, comedy specials, and she's even had a record label before. And of course, you know, she's been a cover girl. But if we're going back to her past in the late 70s, Ellen was just a woman trying to figure out what she wanted to do, at least career wise. Okay. so May 1976, Ellen graduates high school, decides to enroll at University of New Orleans, and she majors in communications. Now, I kind of took this as a sign because. She only enrolls for a semester, but I took this as a sign as maybe Ellen didn't know exactly what she wanted to do, but she definitely knew that she had the gift of gab. She wanted to work with people in an area that might lead to TV, but definitely led to a social dynamic situation. Like she she would be around other people, either creating things or teams or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. And so after a semester at the University of New Orleans, Ellen decides this is just not for her. She's not happy. She's not satisfied with uh, the college experience as a whole. So she leaves. Unfortunately, she's not led in a particular path. She kind of takes dead end uh, jobs, or I would say more unfulfilling jobs, because dead end is kind of a rude thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, she, this was regular type of jobs, they just didn't fit for her. Like she tried to be a waitress, tried to be a bartender. She sold insurance and things of that nature. Yeah, so, just your regular jobs. Yeah, your regular degular. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> but look, I need to cut back on the Mickey quotes. <laughs> I just felt like I had to slip something in there. I've been dead. <laughs> in doing those types of jobs and putting herself out there, She would crack jokes around uh, the workplace, not only to make people feel more open or friendly around her, but it would ease her own nerves. It would ease her own nerves about being in those situations and kind of speaking publicly. So with her cracking jokes at the workplace and around her friends kind of turned into her friends suggesting that she turns into a comedy routine. She'd get her material together and, you know, perform it. Yeah. 
which I mean, kudos to her because she 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 of course ends up doing it, but it's so it's more easy, it's easy what it's easier said than done to just be like, oh yeah, let me let me put together a whole routine and then go out on stage and perform it. Like that's not easy. And yeah. I have sta- stage fright. <laughs> Uh, just doing regular public speaking classes in high school, I couldn't imagine like actual people who paid to see you entertain them. I think we talked about that a little on the Roseanne episode, but it is so much harder doing it as a career, like a stand-up comedian than just being funny in real life. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Ellen puts together a routine that she performs for her friends and then uh, takes to perform in local coffee shops and clubs you know, locally. And this is like late 70s leading into the 80s. So her putting herself out there, performing her her routine and getting good feedback leads to her being the MC at Clyde's, Com- Clyde's Comedy Club in 1981. Okay, great- so I see she's moving on up. Yes, slow and steady, but yeah, she's definitely moving on up. So out of all the jobs and the avenues Ellen decided to pursue and choose, this is the one that starts to flourish for her. So I definitely think that she knew what her calling was when she started to perform comedy and definitely put her heart and soul into it to make sure that if she was going to go for it, she gave it her best shot. And it's, it's working out for her so far. Even so, that Showtime, which is, it's a cable network, so uh, it doesn't have all the big hits we know for today, but it's still a big channel. Showtime is looking out and they're seeing Ellen's material float around and they ended up naming her Funniest Person of the Year. And this is the following year in 1982. Oh, that's a big come up. Yes. And um, so she's doing all this. It's starting to pay off. The great thing about her Uh, doing her comedy is that she didn't have so much of the burden of the financial situation. Uh, She has to worry about her material and how she delivers and all that, but she has her mother, Betty, who is behind her financially supporting her as she goes out and pursues her dream. Okay. So she has a little backup. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Ellen's starting to see her star rise more and more and her popularity is growing. Up until the point in 1986, Ellen is booked to perform a set on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Now, this is the 80s, mind you. The set is still available to be looked at looked at on YouTube. And I definitely took the chance to. She looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I just had to say it. Because uh, I uh, just like I watched Roseanne's set on Johnny Carson, I wanted to watch Ellen's. And I feel bad, even though we're not talking about her, but uh, Ellen's was better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this is the 80s. So she has her hair is like uh, shoulder length. So it's still kind of short, but it's fluffed up. She has this weird blousey, puffy crop top shirt on and black pants, you know. It kind of looks like she has a mullet. Oh, so you're looking it up? Yeah, I just looked at it. It, but that's how she was wearing her bangs. I, I never I never get it. But this is the 80s. Her fashion, of course, can it leaves much to be desired, but it's about the comedy. And she definitely wins the crowd over. She uh, tells her jokes with this like confidence and the precision. If she knows her punchlines are going to hit, she does this thing where she'll tell like a solid joke 
that gets a good laugh. And it's the follow-up jokes, the ones that she says like really quick or maybe under her breath right after that really get the biggest laughs and like pull you over. This is when she does her famous, um, I wish you could just pick up the phone and, and talk to God. And, you know, it kills and all that to the point after her set's done, Johnny Carson waves her over to have a little interview. Here she gets um, that wave over. Yep. And uh, this was this was essentially like the Johnny Carson stamp, not to say that people who didn't get waved over by Johnny didn't succeed. But a lot of the people who ended up getting that extra time and recognition from him got the chance to get booked more nationally because it's like, oh, the host likes her. She She's just not talent. It, it was that. And she was the first woman to to sit next to to do an interview, like, uh, after a set. She was the first woman that uh, got to do that. Really? Yes. And this is 1986. Yeah. That seems so weird that she's the first one. Oh, yes. And I I won't lie, the the interview lasts, like, a solid maybe minute and a half. Yeah, they're not long. Yeah, it's not. And they really don't even say nothing. It's like, um, you did great. Um, Where are you from? Yeah, it was very, it was very that, like, oh, it's harder... It's, I think it's very uh, it's harder for women to do comedy than men. Uh, and she she jokes like, yeah, when I say that, people just think I'm complaining. You know? <laughs> well, and yeah. so it was, it was something like that. But it was definitely good. And you saw that. OK, yeah, she's definitely going to be on here. She's definitely going to make it. Fast forward through some things. Doors are being open left, right and center for Ellen, like like a fart in an enclosed space. Oh. <laughs> I, don't oh. I said that. I don't either. <laughs> But uh, she is booking more clubs and late night show appearances since the Johnny Carson appearance. But she is also surprised. Well, I don't want to say surprisingly, but yeah, because she was a comedian. She's surprisingly receiving these offers of TV roles and she's accepted a couple of them. And they were kind of small bits like she starred on a show called like Lori Hill. It only aired for like four episodes. Lauren Hill? Um, No, Lori. Oh, Lori. The white person. <laughs> I didn't know Lauren had a show. <laughs> it was probably late anyway. <laughs> but uh she had these little bit parts. And because um these network execs were seeing a little bit of her in the TV sector as well as knowing what her comedy was, uh, she garnered the interest on getting her own show. That ends up being her biggest opportunity thus far since her. Her stand-up career has started. It's her own sitcom. It is called These Friends of Mine. Later, it's changed to Ellen. Even when it was These Friends of Mine, the focus was on Ellen. But after that first season of seeing how well the audience connected to Ellen's character and how funny she was and all that, they decided for the second season, they scrapped the name and just named it Ellen officially. That's so weird. I don't know if I heard of another show change names second season unless it was like a spinoff you know what is so crazy that you say that when i did when i found this out i i looked it up i did and there are a few shows that do end up like switching their names or dropping parts or bleeping parts you know stuff like that well damn prove me wrong no no i was gonna say but not in this way oh okay usually It's usually either way before it premieres, like they have a problem with it, they yeah. fix it, or the only one I saw that they changed it like three or four times during the course was um, The Bitch in Apartment 23. Like that went through a few different 
minute oh. changes. But yeah, Ellen and was Roseanne like, to the Connors. But I mean, that's because technically it's a spinoff. Oh, yeah. I guess you could add that one now. Yeah, definitely. You could add that one to the list, too. But yeah, some people would say it's just a spinoff, but not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah, not we really. know the truth. <laughs> they just killed off one person. <laughs> the star. <laughs> um, but uh, so the people who starred in Ellen, just a few of the people uh, some people might know is David Anthony Higgins. If you don't know him by that name, you may know him as Craig or Malcolm of the Malcolm in the Middle. He was Lois's co-worker. Oh, the yeah. Store. Um, then you have Jolie Fisher. Uh, later, she's in a show called Till Death, which stars Brad Garrett. I don't think you ever watched that show or know what I'm talking about, but I loved it. I heard. Oh, the dude from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes. I did watch it. OK, yeah, I definitely low-key like that show. But um don't remember it, but I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then uh you have Jeremy Piven. Um, I honestly just said he is known for being Jeremy Piven. If you know you know him by name, I shouldn't have to name him. He 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 was in Entourage, Smoking Aces, which a lot of people don't appreciate, but I love that movie. And not just because Alicia Keys is in it. Yeah, I haven't seen either of those. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I can see. I, I haven't seen Entourage either, but do you know what it is? I, I've heard of it, obviously. Okay. Okay. I didn't mean to insult you, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like um, you. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like one of those things that's like in the, it's out there, like pop culture. It, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, But I'm looking up Jeremy Piven and I have not seen like any of his movies. Yeah, I, I besides it says he was in Rush Hour too. Like I've seen that, but I don't remember him in it. Okay, hundred percent do not remember this man in Rush Hour too. But yeah, uh, besides Smoking Aces, and he's actually like one of the lead actors in that. I don't think I've ever watched a Jeremy Piven movie. So you're right. He's just got one of those faces that you know of him. <laughs> okay. But I so Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> some people do not me not you so 1994 ellen comes out ellen is a smash hit you know they changed the name it's even bigger and all that it's in 1996 when ellen has finished its third season ellen decides to have a sit down with some people at her house and it eventually brings in some uh network executives from um abc yeah abc is where it aired abc and then the partner disney so first ellen has her sit down with her writers who already know about ellen being gay and she she discussed with the writers about letting this character ellen come out one of the reasons she's having this conversation is is that she she's she's ready to do so also previously the network executives were kind of squirrely i guess you could say about the show and its direction um, in the show, Ellen had romantic interests. She had dates with men and kisses and such and such, but she wasn't really in a relationship like that. And so the network was like, you know, what's happening? What's she going to do? What you going to do? And then Ellen and the writers bring to the network, hey, what, what about her coming out? We would like to do this. We would like to write into the show such and such. Um, 
And what's funny, well, I, I don't know if, well, what's funny to me, because I never knew the origin, was that one of the network, uh, one of the big bosses, whether it was from Disney or ABC, says something like, well, get her a puppy because she's not coming out. <laughs> I like that. I don't Which, like that. I don't like that. That's what they said. It's just like, yeah, a, it's not the, you don't like the content, but it eventually leads to cold the info. Blooded. <laughs> it, it eventually leads to uh the writers running with that name of the so-called coming out episode as the puppy episode now uh is there they, a puppy in the episode I, i've watched it i do not remember seeing a puppy in this episode no because i'd be disappointed I think, it, I think it's purely the i the irony and I guess a secret joke that nobody knew until they revealed the origin. <laughs> uh-huh. That's like a fuck you. Yeah, kind of. So um, at first, the network's all ex- uh, against it. They're no, no, no. Eventually, they come around. Um, they're sending scripts about it. And they're like, well, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. Don't don't like half step. L- let her come out. Write the script. So they do it. It's getting fed through the great grapevine of Hollywood. A whole bunch of people want to be a part of this because they know it's going to be a big thing. And that's have you ever seen the puppy episode from the from uh, Ellen? I watched Ellen years ago, her TV show. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember it at all. So no, like I could have seen it. I it was something like I meant to watch it, it was just something on that was kind of funny. Okay, yeah. Well, um, some of the stars who end up being a part of the puppy episode is Laura Dern, Oprah Winfrey, Demi Moore, and there's one more. And I feel bad because I didn't write, I wrote everybody's name down, but this last person, <laughs> they're famous too. Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> uh, they even said that because they said they there were some other like a-listers at that time who wanted to be a part of the episode but there just was not enough parts um i think they named at least woody harrelson which i mean i love woody harrelson he he could be in anything he's he's one of the best celebrities out there he yeah he's be, a good one you don't be doing too much and i think he's great. a vegetarian i don't know if i'm remembering that correctly well i can't support him in everything <laughs> <laughs> I'm just again. I should be supporting them. I should support myself. But um, so yeah, this is a what do you want to call it? This is like a big event, a big TV event. Everybody's getting in on the uh the script. They were talking about this was a very high pressure, very under the radar situation. They did not want any leaks coming out. Um, it was kind of already rumored that Ellen was um gay and that she wanted the character to come out so to prevent people from seeing what the script looked like they were doing all sorts of things like having the scripts under lock and key they were printing them on like dark paper so they can't be xeroxed like it was serious business i don't know if you to talk about it but i saw that clip where she's with rosie o'donnell and they're on a talk show somewhere and she's saying oh my character might be lebanese or something like that <laughs> I, I, okay, the thing is, I didn't look at that video for my research, but I've seen that video before. And they're on Rosie O'Donnell's talk show. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, because Rosie O'Donnell used to have a show back in the day. Yeah. Um, do you know if that was before <laughs> or after it came out? Because, like, at that I think, point, I mean, I in hindsight, it's like, how don't you know, like, what they're talking about? Yeah, because uh, what I forgot to kind of mention is that when uh, 
before they got the green light to have Ellen Morgan, that's her character's name, Ellen Morgan come out on the show. Um, it was speculated, rumors were going around about Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres' sexuality. Oh my gosh, the plurals in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> her sexuality. So people were already thinking that she was gay, even when uh, it came out that she wanted the character to come out. Glad got involved and had like this countdown saying, let Ellen out and stuff like that. So what I assumed is leading up to it, she was just doing press and letting people know to be prepared that that's what was going to happen. So I don't think it was after. I think that was definitely before the episode. Okay. You are right. I just looked it up. It says a week before the episode aired. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Let's fast forward to right there. Cause you're in the perfect spot. Perfect. So- Ellen is Lebanese. <laughs> uh so april 2 no, i said 2000 bitch what <laughs> <laughs> you fast forward too far too far april 1997 ellen puts the word out and i mean literally um this is like april i want to say 17th she's on the cover of time magazine she's like crouched or something like that and the headline is yep i'm gay like literally yep comma i'm gay very, very short and sweet. I appreciated it. Not Love that it. I, not that I could read in 97, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she comes out on the cover of time magazine. Uh, and then two weeks later, I think it is, she goes on the Oprah Winfrey show and she just talks about the coming out process. She even is, she's even joined by her then girlfriend, actress Anne Heche. And then the next day is when the two-part puppy episode premieres. Uh, when this premieres, it gets the highest ratings. They say it's around like 40 million. Even though this big TV event got so uh, so many ratings uh, and so many viewers, it was not smooth sailing. Leading up to this episode, not only um, Ellen, but the production company were getting death threats, bomb threats. They were sweeping the stage set every few hours, just checking for bombs and stuff because people were very upset. You had a lot of religious folks upset, um, boycotting the airing of the episode from their affiliates. Some people were successful. Some people were not. It was just like, it was very tumultuous this, with uh, her deciding to do this, even though it was something that she should have been able to do with no consequences. And I feel like wasn't a big deal. It just became a huge deal. Yeah. Like that's just so stupid to me. I don't care what your religion says. If you don't want to be in a day relationship, don't be in a day relationship. Like don't, or push don't that watch on other it. people. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it just pisses me off. Yeah, I th- it was. I thought it was just so unnecessary how many people were just like so her, threatened about yeah, her, being her coming out. And it's a character, like <laughs> like she's gay in real life too. But the character, like, okay, who cares? Yeah, they um even after the episode airs, Oprah is uh, said to be receiving hate mail. Uh, Laura Dern said she received hate mail. Like it, it, it went around. So even though this uh, gets this high, these high ratings, next season comes. Um, you have Ellen kind of feeling herself out, kind of what, what do we want to say, exploring her sexuality. That's what I want to say. Uh, she ends up being 
in a relationship with a woman. Uh, the woman has a child. And the kind of fucked up part is that the next season, uh, since she's been out, ABC, before each episode, now issues a parental advisory warning. That is so stupid. Ain't that like, crazy? I, I get it was years ago, but that's... It's only 97, bro. Yeah, that is not... That's what, 23 years ago? 24 years ago, depending on the months. But... That is so stupid. Like it was a sitcom. They don't even do nothing on sitcoms. It, it was very, very homophobic behavior. Yeah. Honestly, even though they stood beside her, they really kind of sort. They, yeah, that, that's yeah. what I was about to say. Even though they stood beside her and still filmed and everything, they they did her dirty. It was a way to like save their own ass. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the airing of the parental advisory warning was crazy as hell. Please don't look at these gays. It's what yeah. that reads to me. After this, that very next season ends, Ellen's canceled. It's done. Ugh. Now, the, were the ratings lower? I was. You you you're right there with me. Synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, simpatico. Since you can you say that one? <laughs> okay. So, but anyway. I forgot what I was. Let me start over. <laughs> forgot what. Okay, so the yeah, like you said, the ratings ratings were low for that uh, latest season, but there's been kind of split criticism. So you got the people saying, "Well, the ratings dropped." Of of course, if they feel like they need to pull it, they should pull it. And then you have people also saying, "But this was." starting in a new direction they didn't really give them a chance they kind of canceled it so they could say that they they did put a gay woman on on tv but then eventually uh it just didn't work out something like that and then you have the other half saying well actually it just didn't it just wasn't a good season some people saying that instead of ellen just being a woman who was gay they just made the whole show about her being gay which I mean, who knows, honestly. But I uh, know, pe- I know, because okay, anytime there's like people who are anti-gay or whatever, they should say, "Oh, don't rub that in my face." It's like they're just living mm-hmm. their fucking life. Like, what are mm-hmm. you talking about rubbing in your face? <laughs> and that's what's so crazy because you want to know one of the people who who criticized the, the show for this direction. Who? Because we're making an episode over them. Chaz Bono. Uh, Chaz was like, basically, it went from being a show about her and her life around her and the people in her life to her just being gay and alienating a big part of her audience by only having these inside jokes that not everybody would get. Okay. Which That's fine. Like, I feel like People should have gave it a chance. It's the first season where you get to see this character in a different environment. But I I, I get what I, I just don't think it was the I, I think it honestly was the time period. I think people were just too stuffy and stupid. Yeah, because I, I, I see so many other 90s shows that I was interested in and that I watched able to explore the storylines that they did, even just being a sitcom. And they didn't give Homegirl a chance. No to have a good relationship or two you know it was like okay she came out last uh season she's we got her a girlfriend we did our best cancel that shit you know they wanted her off 
But anyway, um, the unfortunate- they tried to destroy her. They did. They it they they basically did kind of silence her and everything because after Ellen's canceled, Ellen doesn't get work for years, like approximately three to four years. And one of the things that was kind of messed up is like um, you get another big trailblazer of a show premiering like a year later, which was like on NBC, Will and Grace, which I love that show. Never seen it. I don't. I'm sorry. This is a tangent. I don't know what it is about that show. I love Will and Grace. Don't matter how old. I was watching Will and Grace when I was like 10 years old. Did you watch the revival? Here's the problem, right? I'm scared that it won't be funny. And I like the other episodes so much. I don't really need to watch the revival or the reboot. That's so true. I, you know, the book Looking for Alaska, I loved that book. Mm -hmm. And they made a show on Hulu about it. And I just can't watch it. I'm like, if it's garbage, it's just going to leave a bad taste in my mouth. Exactly. Just remember it as it is. And maybe if you feel like it, you might touch it, but then nah. Well, yeah. Let's just leave the legacy intact. You don't always <laughs> have to retouch everything. That's true. Mona Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, shoot. But yeah. Oh, I'm about to get back into this blacklisted thing. <laughs> So Alan has not worked for three or four years. Yeah. So you got NBC taking a chance on a, a a show about two gay men and Will and Grace. And then Ellen's still out of work. So then uh, she gets a chance. 2001, she gets another sitcom. It's called The Ellen Show. It didn't even last a season. Yeah. But I never she, even heard of that one. Yeah. It was very quiet. The it, Cloris Leachman was in it. R.I.P. Do you know um, if she was gay in that one too? I was just about to say she she was openly gay from the start in this one. Okay. But uh Cloris Leachman was in it. Emma Emma, you know, I wanna I don't know why I want to call her Emothy. Emily <laughs> Emily <laughs> Rutherford, who uh who played New Christine, she was in it as well. Oh, okay. But yeah, it didn't last long. Um, it, it just, I don't know if it got bad ratings or it just got canceled, but it didn't happen. But the great thing is, is that she has greener pastures to come. Yeah. They were doing my draw Ellen dirty. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 2003 is a big year for Ellen. Ellen is in works to get her own. Well, it was the year prior. She was in works to get her own talk show that comes to fruition in 2003. It is the Ellen DeGeneres show, not to be confused with the Ellen show. She had to keep putting stuff in there to 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 go from all the shows she's been <laughs> she's been losing. I feel bad. She went from Ellen, the Ellen Show, the Ellen DeGeneres Show, uh, and then the same year she uh, gets the big blockbuster in Finding Nemo. So you went from being blacklisted nowhere to her being like shit on Mount Everest. She's got one of the highest grossing animated films in Finding Nemo as one of the lead characters actress folk voice actress yeah i was about to say how do i say that i fucked that up (laughs) and then she's got her own syndicated tv show her talk Um, show talk show i'm sorry now here's the thing uh this doesn't really matter this is just an extra tidbit that i wanted to put in i tried to read ellen's wrote three books Uh uh-huh and i tried to read them they're not i they're not books i'm (sighs) They're not auto, they're jokes is what they're I want jokes. to say. I feel like every comedian does that type of book though, where it's like little life stories with jokes. 
It's not. Yeah, like, but it's less life and more. I feel like half that stuff wasn't in her real life, and most of it was jokes. You turned her a liar. No, but it was it was boring. I will tell you the best yeah. part was um, the funniest part that I read in any of her books was uh, the book. Seriously, I'm kidding. It was chapter nine or 10. I'm pretty sure it was 10. And the funniest thing is like this uh, diary diary thoughts chapter. And she's like, dear diary, I just got the highest grossing. No, no, we just made this film Finding Nemo's great. Then the next entry is, oh my gosh, it's got the, it's one of the highest rating Pixar movies of all time. I uh, can't wait for a sequel uh, with, a, with a big box office like this, a sequel's uh, soon to come. <laughs> and then it's just like joke after joke, like, um, oh yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to write in this diary every day, 2003. And then it's like next entry, uh, June, 2007. <laughs> it was just so weird, but that was the only funny, funny part of the books. Everything else was so terrible. No offense. It was well, I just died funny. laughing at that moment. So and you have, you have to actually hear it. She tells it better, but I'm not going to tell an Ellen joke or get copyrighted. <laughs> Ellen wouldn't do that to us. She definitely does. <laughs> Okay, so far I'm still a fan. I feel like this is a good episode. We're just yeah, yeah. Yelling. She she's been great. She hasn't done anything. 2003 is a a great year for Ellen to be as popular as she is. The culture in the society has started this shift where they're very much more open with their opinions and understanding of different sexualities. Not not. 2003 wasn't a remarkable year, but it was way better than 1997. And, he, and 2021 still needs work, but you know, you ha- we had to do small, small, gradual progression. But uh, the Ellen DeGeneres uh, show held h- holds its own as being one of the popular daytime shows. Ellen becomes one of the most popular love comedians slash hosts slash entertainers. Um, overall, it the show w- wins about 20 daytime Emmy Awards. Um, That's a lot. Ellen... Yeah, Ellen herself has won numerous host awards. She's won uh, the daytime, uh, the daytime Emmys uh, best host. She's won a primetime Emmy. She's won some People Choice Awards as well. Um, using her show, she's built her brand. She's been able to become one of the CoverGirl brand uh, ambassadors. She's been able to give to charities and start her own projects and stuff. And the generous rec- queen. <laughs> and her record label and stuff like that because the Ellen show got so well the Ellen DeGeneres show got so big and so popular with the core audience that she gathered you know yes I saw her do like one of these it was a reindeer tanes or either gorillas one of the two maybe chimpanzees mm-hmm. it was a primate and she went there and like she was helping them and she was like so moved and I was like you go Ellen yeah, she, um, like her interviewing style was very uh, funny, but relaxed as she was dancing. You know, she was like, oh, my God, she was just that girl. You know, mm-hmm. everybody loved her. I was wa- this is like I was watching Ellen when she was doing that shit where um, she would hover above her chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I, she had so many different weird eras. Even when she broke, was I don't know if she broke it, but she messed up her back, and then she was doing shows from a hospital bed in in front of the audience. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's definitely made sure she got her bag. She no longer dances. No, she, which I understand why, 
Because if everybody sees you in public and it's like, dance, monkey, dance, I would have a problem as well. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. Is that why she stopped? I, I she remember didn't she say officially, it. but she, she definitely said she's doing all that was exhausting to her. Being the person that everybody feels like they know and you can be so friendly and invade their space and be like, oh, will you dance, please? Can we dance? Like, she didn't want to do that anymore. She didn't so want to be dancing queen anymore. That's why she axed it from the show. Oh, I hope she dances in her personal time. <laughs> uh, not on camera, though. No. <laughs> so, yeah, she's just known as one of the nicest celebrities. Everybody wants to get on the show or be a part of the audience. And I think that uh, as time grew, her power and her influence rose and ascended, especially, I'll say, once Oprah left the, the talk show uh, circuit. Because then you got, it's like, not saying the people who weren't watching Oprah weren't watching uh, Ellen, but then she has everybody. It's, she has no monopoly. The people who were around Ellen were no competition. Like Montel, Dr. Phil, she's beating them. Yeah, the only reason I watched Montel was for Sylvia Brown. Oh, don't even get... <laughs> rest in peace, but don't even get me started on SB. I had so many of her books. Oh my God. I felt... There's, there's a video of every time she got it wrong and I can never get through it. It's so, hey, psych hits aren't always right, man. That's true, but don't put them on TV so I can see it. That is true. It, it ruins the credibility. It does. Like, even if she is a psychic, people people going to be right. Well, other psychics, they write hate mail, too, and they don't believe them and all okay, this, this other stuff. It's not going to be a Sylvia Brown podcast, but I read her book, Prophecies, and I think it came up when the coronavirus was coming out, and she said around this time in the year like it was going to be a virus mm. so she got that right but she got like a hundred things in that book wrong but <laughs> <laughs> what they say uh, uh a broke clock is right twice a day yeah <laughs> that was her. that's cold-blooded but hey, right, Sylvia. The, maybe the virus outweighs the hundred things because the virus was so big and i've also heard like you know it's like it's that nothing's set for the future so things could have changed yeah, somebody could have went in time and stepped on a damn leaf or something. <laughs> we don't know. But uh, just to kind of show you how, like, Ellen was viewed. not I can't even show you. But just to give you an idea, one of my favorite video slash, slash bits that she ever did was when Ellen was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And they do this bit of having a nice off where uh, it's. Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen DeGeneres in front of a crowd of people and they just do nice shit to one up each other like oh my god let me fix your collar or let me get you something to drink you know something like that and it was uh-huh. just really funny I but, love when Ellen has the celebrities do like weird things and she's in their ear sometimes oh my gosh it's really cringy but you're right that when, is funny anytime Wanda Sykes or Sophia Vidara are on her show. It's like the best show ever. Or Reese Witherspoon. I love her and Reese. I was going to say, Sophia got some good moments, but she also got some cringy ones too. Not because of her, but because of Ellen, actually. <laughs> Ellen's but you're just right. amazing so far. Okay, well, let's keep reading. I'm, I'm still about to read some <laughs> nice shit, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, but... Um, But like I said, the Ellen DeGeneres show is what really puts her over the top. It's what gives her her greatest highs, her biggest successes, uh, and filters in all the other stuff that ends up coming to her, like her spinoff shows, like her being able to host the Emmys and Oscars and things like that. 
uh, and even spread her message and her phrases like what we're going to talk about, the be kind, the be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. And her, of course, I, we we would be crazy if we didn't um, talk about Ellen is known for being a great philanthropist, uh, donating to various charities, both uh off the screen and uh, very visibly on the screen when she invites families on who have unfortunately bad circumstances or something has happened to them or her just donating to big organization projects, uh, maybe such as like the Trevor Project or PETA and other things of that nature. She's very generous with her money. Um, It might But the thing about her having this show that turns her into this big star is unfortunately when you kind of use that to shield yourself or build yourself up, it can be your greatest success, but it can also be a little bit of a downfall or it could definitely have negative connotations if you do not take the reins over. If you let other people start doing your bidding and start speaking for you, that's when things could turn. And I think that's kind of what maybe happened to Ellen a little bit later in the future. Mm. Foreshadowing. Yes, foreshadowing. So um, this is Save Your Sorry. We just talked about all the great things and a little bit of her past, but let's talk about why um, Ellen is kind of considered controversial or um, some people would say fake or a hypocrite. And I'm going to defend her. Okay, so we'll kind of go in order to some of her more suspect uh, motives or um, things that she's done. So back in 2007. We're going way back. Yeah, uh, like I said, they're spread, Uh but most of them are, of course, in the the more current time. But one of the first times that uh, people were really criticizing Ellen and her decision making was back in 2007 uh, when the writer strike happened. The writer strike was like a four month strike. It was November 5th, 2007 to February 20, 2008. As you know, the uh, different writers guilds uh, decided to strike to get higher wages, like a, a cut in profits and all this other things that were very more intricate than my brain can handle. Yeah. I just um, know a lot of TV shows. Yes. Either a lot were, of th- like were done or went on break. Exactly. Like it ended a lot of shows. It also put long hiatuses on other shows. But, you know, that's us as consumers being upset about stuff. But, you know, there was a bigger purpose and I understand it. Yeah. So the uh, part of the staffs that, of course, decided to strike are is Ellen's staff. Ellen's staff uh, boycotted and two of her writers, one that you're very much aware aware of. Karen Terdariff. Yes. <laughs> How did you know? Because I love Karen for my favorite murder. Now, okay, if she says anything bad about Ellen, I'm obviously on Karen's side. So here's the thing. She, so, well, I'll just tell you what happened. But basically, uh, Karen killed Gareth. Did I say it correct? You, you say it right every time. Karen Gareth, yes. Amazing. Gareth. My yes. favorite murder. Do you need a ride? She has a album. It's like a comedy album, and her songs are great. All right, proposed to her already. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so she's been with Ellen, like basically for since the inception, like uh, she's been a writer for for five years. Yeah, because she's hilarious. I have to take your word for it, not because I I haven't 
I just haven't listened to her yet, <laughs> but uh, she's been writing for for five years. And uh, the first day uh, of the boycott or the strike, uh, Karen Kilgariff and another writer, Karen Anderson. Uh, they the two ta- Karens. Yeah, I was trying to make sure I had the right name. I mean, the right last name. Uh, they talked to Ellen. Um, they kind of, I guess, persuade her or talk to her about not crossing the pic- picket line, telling her. Uh, please trust us. It's worse than you think it is. You know, like they're doing this for a bigger cause. Um, I guess the very next day is when Ellen. Oh, it's the very next day where the uh, pro- like uh, the production company, uh, the big bosses and everything. They come to Ellen and uh, she's she says she's not going to cross the picket line. This is the first day. But eventually they come to her and they're telling her, like, no, don't don't. Don't do this. You got people with jobs who need this money and stuff like that. The show should go on, right? Yes. And eventually, here's the problem, right? I I, I kind of see it on both sides. Eventually, Ellen crosses the picket line and, and, and continues the show, but they have no writers. So it was it was rough. Basically, so it's just Ellen like coming up for everything. That's the thing. It's either um Ellen writing them hiring non-union people to write stabs or this (laughs) or the staff (laughs) that's already there expecting to to also put together scripts Mm. i could see it either or people who are breaking the line Mm -hmm. you don't cross that line basically the way karen karen doesn't slam her she basically karen who karen kilgear okay (laughs) because we're dealing with the two karens you're right you're right uh she doesn't slam her she she's quoted as saying that ellen was in a a complicated difficult position uh because she had other people's i guess livelihoods in her hands because other people did have checks but it's kind of framed as like ellen could have been a determining factor if ellen would have put her foot down and said that she was standing behind her writer staff that's what it would have been who knows if you know it still lasts until february because it's only one writing staff but it would have shown her being behind her staff as opposed to saying she was behind her staff one minute and then crossing the picket line. That uh, is shitty. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually after the strikes over, you know, Karen Kilgariff said that, you know, EPs and such were saying that they were going to talk to her and keep her in the loop and, t- and, you know, all that. But when it's all over, she, you know, she, she's, she's fired and her and Ellen don't talk anymore. Yeah. I've tried to gather before this episode, like, Karen talking shit about Ellen, but and she does it. She, That's she, the thing. She, she keeps it very classy. Her. She does keep it very. I just think Karen's a very classy lady. Yeah, also, she she either respects her or she knows I'm gonna talk about that bitch when she can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> or, maybe she's just that type of person who doesn't want to talk about her. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but so that's 2000. Uh, this is 2007 um 2008 another awkward kind of fucked up moment is mariah carey's there for an interview oh my goodness you already know what i'm about to say i i i feel like i know so much about these topics already and i'm always so torn but go mm-hmm. ahead let the listeners hear so uh let them hear <laughs> <laughs> So Mariah Carey's there for an interview and, you know, uh, Ellen's doing the typical thing, you know, asking her about this speculation rumor and all that. And then eventually gets on to that. Well, the people are also saying that she might be pregnant. 
And, you know, Mariah's trying to play it off and say, you know, we don't discuss that or blah, blah, blah. And then Ellen's like pushing her like, well, well, if you're not pregnant, would, would, would you drink some champagne? And Mariah's like, no, I don't, I don't want to drink any champagne. You know, she uses a few excuses. She says something like it's, it's too early. Uh, why would I do that? Yeah, if you watch um, any Mariah Carey interview, she's the queen of not answering it's questions. Fattening. She want to. Yeah, that was the funniest one she said. Was it's fattening? <laughs> but I mean, I get what she was trying to do. But here's what really confused me about how hard Ellen goes in this interview. Because if you watch it, I, you know me, I can't do cringy things for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I fast forward the hell out of it. But if you watch it, it's just like is this question so important that she does not know how to drop it? Like, is, is, is she, was she trying to be an investigative journalist? Why was she badgering her so much to the point where of course, Mariah takes the glass, but she's not really sipping it. And then of course, you know, uh, Ellen's like, ah, oh, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, which leads to the more heartbreaking news of uh, a week later, her having to tell the world that she had a miscarriage. Yes, but I don't see Ellen doing that as a malicious thing. I feel like when she thought she thought it was a joyous thing of, oh, let's reveal the pregnancy. And yes, she did have a miscarriage, which is very unfortunate. But I don't think Ellen was taking that into consideration. I think Ellen didn't take anything into consideration because if somebody doesn't want to talk about it, you just keep like she couldn't let it go. Yeah, I did. I mean, Mariah didn't even confirm it. You just have uh, Ellen confirming it, jumping up and down because Mariah Carey, of course, is going to drink alcohol on national TV. If she knows later, it'll come out that she's pregnant. It was putting her in a fucked up position to get the answer that she wanted. So, yes, it was selfish at, at, at the least. It might not have been malicious, but it was definitely selfish. Yes. It was selfish. So, I'll give you that. I will give it to you. But I'm torn. I'm okay, very Latoya torn. Luckett. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's thank a good you, one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so then uh we're gonna fast forward a few years. You know, she's cool and all that. She's only had a few hiccups. I feel like every TV host has had um, I don't want to say inappropriate, but like cringy. Uh, interviews. You can see it online from people like Jay Leno, uh, David. Le- I'm just naming the late night hosts, but they can get creepy. Uh, Jay Leno, uh, David Letterman. All those men. All those men. Craig Conan, all of them. And I Who's like the one who was badgering Lindsay Lohan? David Letterman. David Letterman. Screw him. And he's He went to, I, I don't know if he's from Indiana or he just went to college in Indiana, but yeah. Either way. But, yeah so she's had a few hiccups she has some weird interviews and stuff like that she's not really really criticized in a big way again i would say until 2019 are we is this the big one the big cancellation oh which one which one are you talking about the final one the most recent one oh no 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 okay just this is the one leading to it i was just gonna say the george bush one oh People are so damn sensitive. Yeah, it was just, uh, all right, so uh, 2019 in October, you know, Ellen DeGeneres is seen at a Dallas Cowboys game with George W. Bush and is very heavily criticized because of his anti-LGBT stance, his uh, entering Iraq 
you know, and all the other multi things that George Bush has done to America before he he left us bankrupt again. George W. Bush does not care about black people. Is that what Kanye said? Oh, my gosh. Yes. The most uncomfortable video in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think somebody just sent that to me, actually. It might have been if, me. I was about to say, if it was you, it was Trish. <laughs> but oh my gosh like mike my, you ain't never seen mike myers not have nothing to say he was just like okay <laughs> but so they were at a baseball game right football game football game baseball they were at a sports game yes and they're sitting next to each other and they're smiling and people just don't like george w bush Okay, even if you don't like W. And how it's anti what Ellen is supposed to stand for with her persona. And so basically they're calling her uh, calling her out. Like, how could you be friends with this man after what he's done? She uses the moment to go on her show and basically say, you know, I say be kind to one another because that is what you should do. It should not just stop to the people that you know. It should uh, extend to everyone. You should be nice to anybody, no matter what their beliefs are. you know, that 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 type of fluff, which I won't lie. Uh, she has the right to be friends with whoever she wants to. It just it doesn't look good, period. But George W. Bush, unfortunately, is kind of getting a rehabilitated image since not be, since leaving the presidency. Well, y'all can blame Michelle Obama for that. I was just about to say <laughs> I, I'm not going to blame her. But no, we, if if we're talking about this, you don't blame her. Well, if you blame Ellen, that is true. You do blame yeah. Michelle Obama. That's what I don't get. Like, they're talking all this shit about Ellen. And did, like, did they even go to the game together or did they just happen to sit next to each other? They're in a box, one of those rich people boxes. So, so definitely knew that the other was probably going to be there. Okay, but that doesn't. And he's been on her show. There are people who have different beliefs than me that but I'm she not says going to her be friend. rude to. But she says she counts him as a friend. I'm I'm not going to defend Bush or W, as I like to call him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she should be rude to him. She should be kind to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should, yeah. I'm not saying it was a bad thing either. I'm just saying that the way she defended it doesn't look good for the stuff that happens later. So anyway, let's move on. 2020, March 2020 is when... Uh, The tweet happens that starts setting off all the bullshit, we shall say. So a comedian, Kevin T. Porter, tweets on Twitter. Tweety Twitter. comedians. Yes. He puts, right now we need a little kindness, you know, like Ellen DeGeneres always talks about. She's also notoriously one of the meanest people alive. Oof. Respond to this with the most insane stories you've heard about Ellen being mean, and I'll match everyone with $2 to the L.A. Food Bank. I don't understand what his motive behind that was okay so here's the problem yes you're right (laughs) like what is that he made sure to put it behind a good cause but yeah Yeah. it was a little shady that's why i i didn't i didn't think about that though if i if i put a tweet out and i said a a pass with her yeah if i put a tweet out and said katrina rochelle is a fuddly stink i knew you were gonna do the mean girls (laughs) um tell me a story about her where she was mean give me two dollars like and i'll give two dollars like yeah okay two dollars is good like it adds up and it goes to something good but what is causing you to single ellen out Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the post gets a ton of replies, tons of to the like. People love shade. People love tea. People love messiness. Yeah, and the thing is, you honestly can't uh, verify them, so I don't want to. I don't want to read all of these, but I do want to read like a couple of them. Yes, and before you do, I just want to say, people were over analyzing everything at that point. Once this came out, it's like just Alan could like have mm-hmm. a facial expression there. Like, did you see her facial expression at this clip at 19 seconds or something? Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is when everything that you've already mentioned, I heard come up like the Mariah Terry thing. Like I didn't hear it back then. I heard it recently. Yeah. For- I I don't know. I might've heard of some of these things a couple years ago, but yeah, most of them was in the last year. Yeah. But yeah, we weren't on her radar. She was. I was. We weren't on her 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 mean girl radar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, so let's see. A couple of these. I worked. Oh, this is the one everybody keeps talking about. Uh, by Chris Farah, talking about she worked at Real Food Daily, served her on Porsche at brunch. She wrote a letter to the owner and complained about my chip nail polish. Not that it was on her plate but just that it was on my hand and I had worked till closing the night before. And this was the next morning. It almost got me fired. Hmm. Um, okay. I, every time you say it, I want to dissect each one. Okay. Come on. Okay. So I'm imagining this is a fancy restaurant and Ellen's just being a Karen at this point. Do you like, really, does it matter if it's a fancy restaurant? Well, at fancy restaurants, I'm sure they have those things where their nail polish has to be this color, it can only be this shade, and not defending it, but it sounds like a generous apologist. No, I don't think she has anything to apologize for, so I'm not an apologist, I'm a defender. Oh defender of the truth. Shield. <laughs> you're her Captain America. Um and like you said. Do we know it's true? Now, here's the thing about this woman. I feel like this woman, like a lot of these are unverified, but she's told this story before. She just never said it was Ellen DeGeneres. She said it was like a famous talk show host uh, when she That's did it in her, in her stand-up, in a stand-up set a few years ago. So I feel like it's a little bit more accurate than a lot of these other ones because how- of that one receipt. And um, why would Ellen write a note? Why wouldn't she just tell? I don't know. It just seems fishy but maybe i'm just defending too hard at this point did i say oh yeah yeah yeah. it did say she wrote a letter it said she wrote she wrote a letter well i mean people still write no ellen does not fuck maybe she she writes you know she got authorized she can't type (laughs) she can't text with them thumbs i just i find that weird that she would write a letter Mm. what's another and sign it ellen degeneres like anyone could have done that doesn't if Alan had a problem, okay. But if she I, got confronted, I work, in a rest- I work in a restaurant, and I'll I've just, never come on, you in the restaurant business. I've never done a letter. People do post online stuff, like you know, you can do, leave a doodle review. If you're a celebrity and you're Ellen, and you want this quiet, you, you want her reprimand. Like the thing is, it sounds like she wanted her reprimanded. So why would you say something online? She either has to write a letter or she does an email, which is a electronic letter. (laughs) Or she could do that thing where it's, I need to speak to your manager. 
but I don't, she's, why would you do that in front of her? I feel like Ellen was going to not be sneaky, but if she was going to get the girl fired, she didn't want to get her fired to her face. That's being kind. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, it just doesn't hold water for me. I feel like when Karens do shit like that, they do it right then and there. But this is before Karen is Karen. A Karen. Karen A rose by by any other name is still a rose. Like a Karen by any other name is still a Karen. Karen comes in all shapes and dumbass sizes. We had a Karen having a mental breakdown on the floor trying to uh, attack a lady. Yeah, but she didn't write a letter. I'm saying... Okay, before we had the word Karen, we had the word cunt. Like, you know, a cunt is going to do something right then and there. Yeah, she also has charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. I, I don't think so. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you don't have to buy it because it's been bought and paid for already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like, okay, let me, let's see. Um, we have known, this is somebody named Ever Carradine. We have known Portia and Ellen for years. Want a story? She moved Mount. Oh, this is a good story. She moved mountains. So my husband, Kobe Brown Music, is tagged, (laughs) could perform on her show before his cancer treatment. Why don't we flip this thing around and reply with a moment of joy you felt because Ellen is in this world? That's a good one. I'm going to go back to her defending thing in a minute because that was good. Uh, Here's another one with a... Oh, I don't know how you feel about the ugly art stuff. Okay, so it's a woman named... I didn't mean to call it ugly, damn. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, my goodness. I know what you're talking about. Okay, so when I was 15, this is Danielle uh, C. Video. Uh, I'm not saying that last name right. I already know I am. When I was 15, uh, the Ellen Show was doing a contest of fans making a bust of her and sending it to her. I worked so hard on this and even wrote her a letter. Weeks later, she used it as a prop in a game and gave it away to a random person with $500 attached to the bottom. And she has pictures of her making it. Yes. And, and a girl giving it away. I remember there was another one where Ellen, someone made someone of like, it might have been the same girl, I'm not sure, made like a face of Oprah. Mm-hmm. And like they made fun of it. Mm, I did see one where she did make fun of it. I didn't remember what it looked like, though. Yeah. So... <laughs> Talking about giving it away, L. I'm sorry if you send it's if you no. send gifts to anyone, they can't keep it all. Like you know, someone at that level, especially, they're not going to be able to keep every single gift. And that's a it's mean, but it's like you know, when your kid gives you a drawing, you might keep some and put it on the fridge, but you end up throwing some away. Yes, but here's the thing: it's all about how you do it. So let's let's use that example you just said. Your big head snot nosed kid just <laughs> gave you this ugly ass drawing, and you got five already on your refrigerator. So one of them got to go. You're not gonna look little dude in his face and drop the shit in the trash. You're gonna wait till he out of the house or she. I don't know why it's a dude, but dudes can't draw sometimes. <laughs> But uh, you're going to wait till they're out of the house, they're asleep or something, and you'll dispose of it uh, discreetly. Just like, yes, we understand. Lots of people probably give her fan mail and artwork. She can't keep it all. Uh, She obviously is either throwing it away or giving it away. But did she have to have a contest asking for artwork? And then when people give it to her, hoping to impress Ellen or for her to keep it 
or to win some sort of prize for their um, artistic ability, you instead use it as a way to like uh, degrade the artist and reward a random fan who will do what with it? You don't know, but it wasn't for the fan. It was for the person, whether it was acknowledged or not. It was about how she did it. It was advertised as an ugly bust, but the upside was, hey, you got $500 on the bottom. That is true. It it could be seen that way, or it could be just a funny way. Like someone made this. Ha ha. Here you go. Like, I just feel like everything's put under the microscope. That's true. Yes. But I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was if you look my... at anyone, you're going to find something. That's true. If you're looking for dirt, you, you and honestly, okay. but I feel like a lot of the, I will tell you this in the end, Ellen is mm, a lot of the stuff isn't really Ellen's fault on the big scale, but it's about how she handled it and the fact that she was in charge. I was just thinking when I was this week about how our female, and maybe it's just a culture statement or whatever, but all our female people we have covered, all their like things they got canceled for pretty much is like saying something wrong mm-hmm. or like, like it's, they didn't, they did something wrong. Maybe they said something horrible or racist or whatever, whoever we're dealing with, but mm-hmm. <laughs> our guy ones, they literally have to like rape or murder someone. <laughs> to oh have my their career ruined. Like, Yeah. That's what's so messed up about these things is that, the, and they can still be they can still be headed for a comeback yeah like i just i never like you hear like right now the baby's in the news with the shit he said but oh he's trash too right now but it just seems like female women celebrities especially have like we pay attention more to what they say i guess mm-hmm. but yeah it's true you have so another this, tweet okay yeah so now oh i'm still doing tweets that's where we were at oh, i was gonna end it and just keep going to what i was doing oh okay <laughs> feel bad now yeah uh, <laughs> i just... had another tweet yeah <laughs> but okay so then we're still in 2020 in the middle of when the coronavirus is starting to really get big which is in march uh ellen stops taping uh, apparently they last taped March 9th. Uh, after March 9th, they uh, paid them up until like the middle of the month, uh, the 16th. And then they, Warner Brothers shut shut the whole lot down because they didn't want to spread any COVID or anything like that. And then they said the week after that was when spring break was supposed to happen. And then I guess they were going to reconvene about what the plan was, how everybody was going to get back on to work and all that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So- oh. everyone around the world was dealing with it yes so um after returning from i guess the spring break uh they paid the crew i guess one more week but they didn't have like no more information so it's like uh the week of march 30th the last week in march they they don't know what the hell's happening after they got paid that last time what they do here is that their pay is going to be reduced and they are uh they they're getting very little feedback. Uh, they got casting, not casting crew. They have the crew calling uh, senior members of the the crew, like executive producers, like, when are we going to get paid? When are we going to get back? When are we going to do this? And they don't hear anything until around April. Um, they are hearing that 
not only are they going to get reduced pay, they're hearing that Ellen is actually shooting the show again. So while they're at home on break, thinking everybody's on break, what's really happening is that, I guess, behind the scenes, they're figuring out a way to bring the show back uh, and not with the whole crew or part of the crew that is actually paid under the union. Uh, the production company or Ellen, the thing is, you say Ellen, and the thing is, it's not a decision that she makes alone. But unfortunately, it's, it's a brand. Not. Yeah. So Ellen and her 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 people, they decide to. I don't want to say circumvent because it sounds like she's doing something illegal, but it was kind of unethical in a way, I would say, because she mm. goes and pays for a third party um, production company to help her record and tape the show at home instead of the people who have been with her for years. You don't think that's what? What was that? Mm, I want to hear. Because. At the time, no one knew what was happening. Like, it was like one day to the next. Like, I remember around that time, like, you know, it was just supposed to be for two weeks at first. And then, like, it kept being extended, extended, extended. And so she did not know what was happening. So that little spring break, they thought it was going to be over and it wasn't. And if she brought the crew back, like, she turned bring all of them back. Like, it's obviously a limited crew now. And maybe they just didn't have the expertise to work remotely. But that's not what happened. (laughs) Her crew that could, okay. Her crew who have the skills to produce the show that they've been producing and creating for all these other years are at work. I mean, are at home with nothing to do, no work. And while they're at home getting uh, either no pay or very reduced pay, because they said they reduced their pay 60%. I mean, they're not working. But that's still crazy. Let them that's, not, that's, not a level, that's not a livable wage. But while she's doing all this, she brings in a totally different non-union company to help shoot her show. And then when the show airs, she has the audacity to tell uh, the viewers that um, she wanted to start doing her new show as soon as possible. Uh, My staff and crew, I love them. I miss them. The best thing I can do to support them is to keep the show on the air. Why would you say those words on your, when you re-premiere your show and none of your actual crew is there? It's very, it's very fake. It's very giving off. Uh, this is a brand we don't crack. There's shit going on in the back, but you don't have to know. Now, uh, people do criticize her for not coming out of her own pocket to pay her crew. I won't do that because the the celebrities that did come out of their pocket to pay their crew, uh, they only do weekly shows. Um, I will say Ellen is on every day. So I felt like more of the production company than anybody owed the crew more than ellen did i think it's very nice gesture but Mm -hmm. it no one like i hear that all the time like this person's a billionaire they can pay for this and Mm -hmm. i did that i did they have money to spare but it's not their responsibility to pay for it like i'm not gonna hold that against her uh depends on the billionaire honestly i'm still not that's where we disagree 
Jeff Bezos is a piece of shit. He, he is. He, he wouldn't be rich without us, but people won't stop buying from Amazon. I mean, but then again, he's made it a monopoly, so what the hell can you do? Evil. If you want to be rich, you don't shit on people. It's unfortunate. That's the way of, of the world. Mm, you got to be rich and you got to have rich people. Rich, rich pappies. But she's the generous queen. <laughs> Oh yeah, not in this case. No. She, she she did build her wealth. I won't even lie. That, okay. I think it's really boils down to the hypocrisy. 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 Yes. <laughs> because she's this generous person, and then people are like, "Oh, she doesn't even donate that stuff. That is from her sponsors donating." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know? and she's supposed to be be kind, but she's being snarky, and like some of that was a joke, but. That's why I'm not really dissing Ellen. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. she did some shady things, but you can't. Business and politeness don't mix. Yeah. We'll do the big roundup after this one last thing, which is the big thing, of course. Thursday, July 16th, BuzzFeed uh, releases a article. Is this 2020? 2020. Okay. Uh, Christy Lee Yandoli. She wrote it. And it's about basically Ellen and the toxic workplace. It is called former employees say Ellen's be kind talk show mantra masked a toxic work culture. Oof. And basically I'll, I'll tell you bits and pieces, but I will tell you the gist is that Ellen DeGeneres is not as kind as uh, people think she is. She's tends to be a little condescending and cold but ultimately she's very aloof and disconnected to her staff and their needs and wants and the toxicity that is her 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 show essentially ellen the things that are included about ellen are very small in theory when you consider the big picture like the things they talk about ellen doing about not looking her in the eye um if you have bad if you have bad breath or something, you, you got to chew gum or um, maybe she uh, when she was having a bad day, she picked a person and she just hated on them or sh- or like you said, she shitted on them the whole day. Hmm. They're not good things that they're saying about Ellen. But what is the real complaint is the fact that Ellen is the the face, the brand, the the whole empire. And yet there's uh, allegations of racism sexual abuse uh toxic work environment and all these other things and she's just she's she just doesn't know she's just ignorant to the fact while also having her own questionable idiosyncrasies herself that uh the staff is subject to because the people who really get hit are her three senior producers um you have kevin lehman uh jonathan norman and Ed Glavin, they're accused of being of saying uh, racially insensitive things, of sexual abuse, uh, specifically mostly Kevin Lehman, and I think all of them were accused of being grabby or sometimes pushy. But mm. Kevin Lehman was uh, accused of asking for a staffer to give him a blowjob. Um, and also apparently groping another staffer's penis. Uh, they said that Kevin sometimes leans into the fact that he's using sarcasm, but he's actually serious. And so oh, so no, all of these things 
that you said besides the bad breath and don't look at me um <laughs> all the not looking at you mm-hmm. so bad breath and not looking is ellen but the rest is people on her staff yeah like the things about her pale in comparison about what the staff does like you've had uh, there was a black woman saying that uh one of the higher uh producers was talking to her and another black woman talking about oh you both have box braids i hope we don't get you confused another one saying um, and that's just a little microaggression ignorance shift, exactly but, yeah Something like you, I only know all the white people's name who work here. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Another, I don't know if she was black or she was just minority, but she went to one of the producers, I think Ed Clavin and, and talked about how she kind of didn't like certain language, like spirit animal, which we kind of learned um, is kind of disrespectful. You shouldn't use that type of language if you're not a part of that culture. Uh, And they were calling her like the PC police and like putting that label on somebody when they're just trying to tell you. uh, It makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. And also she, she, she had mentioned how maybe the staff needed uh, diversity and inclusion training, which is not a bad suggestion, but it shows how toxic the environment is where you just doing like trying to bring some good and understanding to a group of people. They're like, uh-uh, we want this environment to remain as it is. We don't like that you're doing this. You're the PC police. Everybody boo her, isolate her, alienate her for trying to make things better. I, I can see where if it's a majority white crew where they're like where everything's fine for us like what are you talking about mm-hmm. like <laughs> not excusing them in any which way but where it's uh it uh, definitely seems like it's becoming a us versus them with the minorities yeah or just just anybody who thinks that it's toxic they were saying like there's two types of groups you said they said they had the 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 group of people who are enamored with the job and Ellen, who uh, they say, quote unquote, drink the Kool-Aid and then the in the, crowd. Yes. And then you have the other people who are kind of who see it as a toxic environment and who kind of stay away and isolate themselves. They say um, sometimes they hire inexperienced uh, crew members, people who will kind of not take abuse, but, you know, the one you can give all the work to people who won't complain because they need the job or they'll uh, tell them, well, this is the Ellen show. You, you can't get no better than the Ellen show. Of course you, you should stay here and do what we say. Whereas um, if you hire people who are more experienced in the industry and know how things should run and be, you wouldn't take that type of, uh, you wouldn't take this type of behavior. Yeah. I definitely feel we're up and comers. Like you're going to hear if, someone says we're on your resume if you have you worked at the ellen show then yeah they're not going to mess that up they're going to do whatever they have to do so um the article comes out it's it's and the thing is this they interviewed 10 former uh employees of the ellen show and one that was current and they all asked to be anonymous for fear of retribution which is very understandable sometimes you just can't put your name on things because people are just so vindictive when you're just trying to tell your truth you know uh but 10 former staffers one current one they all remained anonymous after this article is released of course it blows up um two to three days later warner brothers starts an internal investigation about all the accusations and allegations that were in the article to see what was up 
Now, during this time, what is so funny is that you start seeing, and this is like Warner Brothers has started the investigation. So there's no conclusion yet. Nobody knows what exactly is going to be found yet. But you see all these celebrities just kissing Ellen's feet. And here's the thing. I have no problem with any celebrity defending a celebrity, but it's all about the way that you do it. And the way that these people, these celebrities were defending Ellen or telling the public of how good Ellen was, was just so out of touch of reality that it didn't make no sense. Like, who was it? Uh, Katy Perry and uh, Ashton Kutcher. Every time I've been there, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my time. I've never felt any bad vibes or stuff like that. She's always been kind to me. I've never seen her do this. And it's like, bro, you're a famous celebrity and you 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 actually know her this is about the workers the employees but and and what that's why i think like it kind of did get all messed up because people especially on social media were putting it under the microscope of saying look how she's interacting with this celebrity and she's being mean to them so i feel like that's why celebrities kind of had to come out and say well to me she was fine but like I think it, it- the message of it just being about the workers got lost. That's what I'm saying. But if you read the article and you saw the title and everything, it was very, very you know, people clear. don't have time for that. They're just reading, reading the That's tweets. That's what I'm saying. And then you got Portia, even Portia put on Instagram, like that big uh, picture. I, I stand with Ellen or I stand by Ellen. First of all, what does that mean? Yeah, they were ain't trying no, to get that trending. Yeah. First of all, ain't nobody talking about, uh, killing ellen and at this time they really weren't even talking that bad about canceling her like i will say this well they might have said it later there was a makeup guru who or makeup person who said ellen was mean to her and i felt like that really oh okay so actually yes um was this 2019 or 2020 she went to the Ellen, uh, she was on the Ellen DeGeneres show and Ellen definitely praised her and told her, you know, how brave she was and all this other stuff. When she left, or I guess both while she was there and um, when she left, Nikki kind of describes the experience not that great. She says like Ellen didn't really say hi to her beforehand, which some I won't say all do, but I guess it's a what do you want to say? Usually it's a common occurrence that the host says hi to the guests before you interview them, but she didn't. She also talks about how um, every guest has had a private uh, bathroom or a private toilet, and she says she didn't get one. Um, she wasn't even allowed to get to the nearest toilet because apparently at that time it was reserved for the Jonas Brothers. And it was just so weird how she was there in a way to be praised and be applauded for her bravery of coming out and, uh, you know, doing her thing and her makeup and being successful and all this other stuff. But behind the scenes, she didn't really get any sort of respectful treatment. But I don't want to discredit Nikki's story, but uh, she hasn't spoken about it since she talked about it on the Dutch show, the Dutch talk show. And Ellen never commented, but I think that would probably be on in her best interest. Yeah. That is true. I guess it's because I'm sure you're about to wrap this up. Um, 
these scandals, I just getting started. <laughs> these these issues are just so light. Like I feel like with all of our episodes, it's like you know this is what ended their career, and I felt like people are just trying to make it seem so much more than what it was mm-hmm. to try to end Ellen. Yeah, I w- I was definitely going to probably kind of basically wrap it to that point, which is that. I will say this, when uh, Warner concluded the investigation, they did find that there were like deficiencies in the management style and uh, the communications day to day uh, at the Ellen show and that they were going to make staff and change staffing changes to make sure that that is remedied and uh, do diversity and inclusion training so people can. I guess take some of the toxic out of the environment yeah and those those three producers that we named or that i named kevin jonathan and ed were fired um ed ed glavin he never gave a response or a comment the other two did uh, aggressively deny the allegations but unfortunately i mean they must have found something because they, they all three were let go None of the other senior producers like Annie Lassner that everybody knows from the um, the Haunted House videos. Oh, um, yeah. Mary, I can't remember her last name, but Mary's been with uh, Little Lamb. <laughs> Ellen since, <laughs> she, <laughs> since she started. None of the other producers were fired. And the, the DJ Twitch, he was... Um, he stood with Ellen. Yeah, he stood with her and he got promoted to co-executive producer. And I could see some people, you know, you can argue, which I probably would, that um, they did the right thing. They cleaned house a little and they're trying to make it better. But I could see some people probably argue those were fall guys. Like, you know. Yeah. In fact, one of them, I think it was Kevin said something like he was being scapegoated. With, yeah, which that's a is, better word. It's possible, but it's also possible that he could have done it. So we don't know which one to believe because, you know, Warner Brothers concluded the investigation. That's it. We don't know the details. And we just know that they fired all three of those people who were accused of those uh, racist and sensitive and sexual uh, allegations. The allegations that we did hear about Ellen of, you know, don't make eye contact with her and your breath stains chew gum i believe oh yeah don't uh, eat meat around her don't eat fish around her stuff yeah because at the time she was not eating meat yeah not really we we've learned she's a liar oh girl likes some meat well she eats fish yeah yeah she says she eats different type of meat depending yeah which don't even get me started there i hate when people are trying like police vegetarians like if they don't they don't have to tell you um but those allegations came from people telling that to workers like don't look at her don't shoot down like it was never ellen saying it to people but this is where i come in where like it's like ellen was lazy and ellen took the easy way out she's been okay in 2022 her show's going to be on for 22 oh okay in the future <laughs> her, show, her show would have been on for 19 years almost two decades the woman started in 2003 she made her her first biggest 
decision on how she was going to run her show and staff when she crossed the picket line or was persuaded to cross the picket line in 2007. And now she's she's not checking in with her employees anymore. They don't do evaluations. She's not seeing the turnover rate. She's not seeing people be happy. It seems like she was very, uh, she put on glasses and it was like, what do you want to call it? Cruise control. Even if she didn't know that her senior producers were mistreating people or that her environment was toxic and people were getting favored, favored uh, and not promoted, Uh, when they should have and all this other mismatch stuff going on. She never made any decisions to find out. She just let other people make the decisions for her. She asked the questions that she wanted to know and nothing further. If it didn't concern her, yeah, if it didn't concern her, she didn't care. And so that's where her blame comes into. Yes. All the things people did complain about were minute and could be, the result of her being an introvert or anxious or just not in the right mindset or having bad days, maybe, maybe. But her biggest problem is her failure as a boss. You are the boss of these people. You control the environment. You make you make it the show that it is. Everybody follows your lead. If you're not letting people abuse their power, the power is not abused. If you are not abusing your power, then nobody can um, copy copy you, basically, is what I'm Have saying. Have you ever had one of those bosses, when their boss comes around, they act totally nicer? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, like I, I, I was thinking, yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, Alan's at the top. She's doing her talk show. She's out there to be funny. She's a comedian. And now she becomes, has this talk show. She becomes big boss lady. And she puts people in charge to handle things for her. And when she comes around, they're all nice. I, I just, I can't blame Ellen. I can't. Like, I just don't see it. But here's the thing. If some of these things are true, she knew about some of these things, but she just did not recognize them. You know, if people are getting fired, like there's in in this article, these are these are producers uh, reprimanding uh, workers over having GoFundMe pages for medical experience expenses not covered by the health care plan who are uh, getting the runaround when asking for uh, days off for bereavement or for mental health, uh, their mental health. You think she would know all that? No, what I'm saying is that. She has a duty to evaluate her staff over time in her workplace to make sure everything is in tip-top shape. Yes, people could have been fake and had a facade around her um, and acted uh, more managerial when she was around, but you can only do that act so long without you being found out or without people just already knowing that you're fake. I feel like for years and years, if this was a problem, it was just unstated under, it was not, it was not talked about. People didn't come forward like that, but definitely I feel like there were disgruntled employees. She definitely knew about people walking off her set and quitting 
but she didn't investigate it. She didn't care because they left or they got fired. So the quote unquote problem was gone. It was over. She didn't have to deal with it. And then when the story comes out, she has the, um, she has that um, ready-made statement of, you know, I, I wanted this to be a happy work environment. I never wanted anybody to be sad. And I knew that uh, when I started this, if people, you know, all, all the cut and paste, happy BS that people, uh, happy, sad BS that they, they say after they get caught out, like, I never knew my workplace was like this and it's on me. And I definitely would do my best to change it. And we're committed to changing it because we're going to do better. It's a whole bunch of word salad. Well, I mean, I don't know what you expect from her. If she went out there and said nothing, people would be mad. If she went out there no. and denied it, people would be mad. Like, I think that's the best response. No, I'm not talking about when she uh, she apologized in front of the thing. I was talking about when she just gave her statement after the story uh, leaked. Like, yeah. She's acting like she didn't know it. Yay, I stand with Ellen. I don't know. I, I think it's wrong because... I, I think it's wrong that she crossed the line. And I think it's wrong that she got the third party to whatever she did with the with Corona. But, like, she has no loyalty to her workers, I feel like. But I don't think that's cancelable. I, I don't think she should be... Well, I don't know what cancel would mean in her case anyway, but no, I don't think she should be canceled, but she definitely uh, skirted the responsibility and blamed it mostly on having a big staff and putting people uh, that she put in charge uh, misrepresenting her. But no, that's why I think. I think she wanted yeah, to, I just to don't stay think clean. To, I don't think, I think we're to agree on it. Yeah, I don't think we're going to agree, but I still think she was wrong. There's a right me and there's a wrong view. <laughs> anyway, you're wrong. <laughs> well, uh, there's no need to say the rest. Uh, eventually, she knew that she was wrong. The show came back uh, September um, 21st, 2020. She gives out the fake-ass apology talking about that. Uh, she's sorry if anybody else was harmed by the work environment and that's not who she is and that she's a human with uh, different emotions and that um, she kind of got painted into a corner with the be kind stuff. Um, later afterwards, you know, ratings still didn't improve, but then she announces that the season, not the season, her show's going to end in 2022 after season 19. Um, I think it says it all itself. She says she was looking for a new challenge, um, something new, something different, and that if it was about the show, she wouldn't have came back in the first place to redo it. But um, she's under contract. She's getting money. She was going to do the show either way. But I definitely think she didn't want to continue after all this happened. Yeah. Um, she said she was bored. I think it does have more to do with the whole thing. I don't know what her next step is going to be, but I don't think this is the end of Ellen. I feel like she'll pop up anywhere. She's, I think she's going to do the Oprah thing. She'll wait a few years and then she'll have a different show where she's talking to somebody else, but it's not going to be marketed as a talk show. Maybe. Yeah. That could, I mean, she does have that game show, doesn't she? Is that still on? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's probably on hi uh, hiatus, but yeah, definitely still on. 
And she has this design show. Like, she's still getting her money. She's not nowhere near canceled. I think uh, she's. I don't think she'll be. um, I don't think she'll have an audience next thing that she'll do. If it's not the game thing. Like, if she's talking to people, I don't think she's going to be interacting with the audience as much. You know what I'm saying? It'll be less. It'll be an intimate type of situation, maybe. Maybe. I I don't think. I don't see her going back to stand up. I mean, she did stand up recently and. I mean, it was good. I just don't see her doing it anymore. Honestly, no, no. Yeah, I think she'll just uh, she'll be in the spotlight, but do definitely on a TV well, or a streaming service. Oh, but, yeah. Streaming. Yeah. Alan on Netflix. Do you have anything else to add for Alan before we add this up? Wrap no, this up? I think we definitely expressed ourselves. Yes. All righty. We do like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media that relates to us that we enjoy that we want to recommend do you want to go first i'll go first i'll knock it out all right so actually wrote down a little bit of it my media today is the movie dream girls oh um i've watched dream girl i think it's one of the few movies i've watched at least a good mm, 50 times since it's come out uh the funny thing is the first time i ever saw a uh, dream girls it was on a bootleg i think that's where you know how um on i don't know if you watch a lot of youtube but people do these reactions like uh they'll film themselves watching something and post it on youtube type of situation that's yeah. kind of yeah that's how i kind of view bootlegs like i wasn't in the movie theater so i couldn't see or hear how everybody else felt or uh liked everything but when you watch a bootleg and the biggest moments like um and i'm telling you everybody in the uh the movie movie theater starts clapping when uh effie white comes through says she wins everybody's clapping they laughing um at laurel getting dissed low-key about singing in the background and Effie not wanting to sing with her. <laughs> but I always like that type of stuff. Um, and then Dream Girls as a whole, the music is beautiful. It was cast with, I would say, honestly, the best Black cast you could find for these parts if you weren't going to use other people from the original musical. And if you know, the only person who... Um, who starred in the movie who was in the original Dreamgirls was Loretta Devine. Oh. They did, yeah, they didn't bring in Cheryl Lee Ralph or uh, Jennifer Holliday, but they brought in Loretta Devine. Uh, my favorite song is One Night Only, uh, Effie version. We, we don't respect Dina over here. I mean, we respect Dina, but just not that version. <laughs> um, and the storyline is so relatable. If you think about it, if you take away the singing, sometimes you let the wrong type of people into your life and they gain an influence over you. And then before you know it, because of the actions that you made and your attitude and this person's influence, you're all turned around and you're either like Dina, you're up on top or you're like, Effie, you find yourself out and you're having to start over, you know. I just like the whole theme. It's a great cast. Uh, Eddie Murphy was robbed. He should have won the Oscar as well as Jennifer Hudson. Alan Arkin won it for Little Miss Sunshine. I've seen Little Miss Sunshine. No one remembers that movie. It, no offense. It was nothing to write home about. The biggest thing, I feel bad for saying that because it was a decent movie, but it wasn't as good as Green, Dream Girls. 
But you know, the biggest thing people remember about uh, Little Miss Sunshine is her doing that um, that dance at the talent show. Oh, I didn't. I don't even remember it, honestly. I, I barely I remember it as about. well. Yeah. She's like in a red jumpsuit and her big old glasses. But yeah, uh, that's that's that's. You know what my favorite song from that movie is? What the Laurel loves Jimmy. <laughs> it's so small. But I love it. It was a good one. I, I literally watched it at my desk at work. To, uh, no, not today. The other day. And it's just, it's so timeless. And it's just so good that, that everybody acted the way that they needed to act. Everybody. Yeah, I haven't really seen that movie in forever, honestly. I've. You know what's so funny? I remember, you know, the last time, I remember the last time we watched Dreamgirls together. That might have been the last time I watched it probably um it was we were in vincennes and this was a weekend i don't think this was a holiday weekend but this was like a weekend everybody wanted to leave campus maybe it's like a little break yeah and so you had roped in one of your friends i guess i would say into picking us up and um we were watching dream girls as the time passed i remember you put on old girls chain you was posing in the mirror and then uh, we had to go and squeeze into this small ass Grand Prix in the back seat oh. <laughs> with two other people for a two and a half hour ride. And it was hell. It was longer because we stopped somewhere, remember? I tried to fall asleep during it. I don't remember <laughs> anything. It was terrible. But I just remember that we were in the middle of Dream Girls when you got the call and then we left the room. Yeah, I don't funny. Re- I don't remember any of that, but I guess that's the last time I saw it. Well, to be fair, you were in a phase in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, and okay, to be fair too, for some reason, I just don't remember anything. I was. I bet this, you remember the single ladies dance. I yeah, like I remember tidbits, but like I was asking my mom something earlier this week about something. I forget. I even forget why I was asking her, but it was like something small, and I was like did something about this like you know just trying to remember i'm like i can't remember anything like <laughs> my memory shit um do you have anything more to add about dream girls dream girls no oh i will say this they was Jim, Jim jamie fox was a snake this man worked perfectly he knew what he was doing first he infiltrates the girls. Then he cuts Marty out. He he makes Effie fall in love with them, even though he really is looking at Dina because he knows he could get up it. He could get in Dina's mind before Effie because Effie was like, "Nah, I'm lead. I'm gonna be the number one." Then he gets, you know, Dina's looking at him. Yeah, Curtis is got, supposed to love her. Exactly. As soon as he got Dina on the hook, he cut Effie, elevated the group. Oh my gosh, it was messed up. I I definitely need to rewatch it because I. Besides Laurel loves Jimmy, and then it's all over. I don't remember any of the other songs. What about Jimmy Got Sold? No. <gasps> like you said that not that long ago when you were at my apartment, I think. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh, it's the best. It's not the best part, but it's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, you got to watch it. It's on HBO Max. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, I have that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you don't have anything 
else to add about Dream Girls? I'll do my media. I chose and to- wait. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Okay, now I'm for real. Go. I chose a book this time. The book I chose is The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. I believe that's how you say his last name. Oh, I like that last name. Thank you. I just made it up. No. (laughs) Tremblay. So I'm going to do this without spoilers in case any of you want to read it. The Cabin at the End of the World is about two fathers. So Eric and Andrew, and they have an adopted daughter. I believe it's when it's w-e-n um and they go to a cabin they're on vacation and everything's fine the little girls you know trying to pick up grasshoppers or something i haven't read in a little bit and then a man comes and he like starts talking to a daughter and the dad's like what are you doing so they like go inside the house and the man's like you gotta let me in or something bad's gonna happen and they're like, no, you're not coming into our house. And then three more people come and they like try to break into the house. And they're like, you have to listen to us. And you like, you guys have to die. Mm-hmm. And or the world going to end. And it's like just a psychological horror book. And it's like, you know, you're at the woods and you're in a cabin and like these people are there. And it's just, it's just like very suspenseful. And I love horror books and I keep seeing everywhere. People are saying it feels like early fall this year. Like, you know, like spooky seasons upon us. And I feel that I feel that. So I was just thinking about that book recently and it's real good. If any of you want to read it, that's my media. Mm. Uh, I have a book recommendation as well. Um, It is. Oh, too bad you did your media. No, no, no. It's, (laughs) it's, It's a hard read. You have to be focused blinking. You'll miss it. It's called the hungry caterpillar. Oh my God. Shut up. <laughs> so we are going to end this here. If you want to reach us on any of our socials, you can send us a Gmail, tell us your media, and we can read that live on air. Or you can give us a suggestion of who to do so we don't run out of ideas. You can go to our Instagram, which is at Save Your Sorry. Oh, I don't think I said our Gmail. <laughs> our Gmail is at savior at saviorsorry at gmail.com our instagram is at saviorsorry our cash app if you want to send us a dollar to is cash dollar sign saviorsorry our twitter is saviorsorry but the your is spelled you are and don't forget to subscribe like us rate us five stars um be kind to one another bye (laughs)